right, folks, here we go. Another look back, but this time is a special look back. It's the 2022 season in review. All 32 teams, what we thought, their expectations, and what they actually did. Like I said, congratulations again to our to the Chiefs and our Philadelphia Eagles being in the Super Bowl, and they'll be getting at it, getting it on on Sunday. Big matchup, and we'll have plenty of time to look over those games. But obviously, the 2022 season has come and gone from for 30 other teams. They're in the off season. They're preparing for the draft, free agency, all those good stuff they can be in the position the Chiefs and the Eagles are in right now. If you are new to this, we do this every year. At the end of the year, we go through all the teams, all the divisions. Kwame's not part of this episode tonight, unfortunately, but he will be on Wednesday episodes, the back-to-back night. So, lots to discuss, so let's get to it. Obviously, we'll start with our division. The NF- we'll start with the NFC, and we'll start with the NFC East. Like you said, Eagles are in the Super Bowl. They had a hell of a year. They might win the MVP with Jalen Hurts. They obviously done a lot, a lot of great things. Great old line, great D line, historic sack season. You know, just they run the ball as better than anybody. So obviously, there's no idea that this this deal can continue for a couple more years, win or lose on Sunday. This is a team that's going to be in the mix for a while. Obviously, for Dallas, they are a buttbird again. They are not in the Super Bowl again. They're not. They never even reached the conference title game again. And what is the the long term future of Dak Prescott? Is this team going to ever be anywhere good enough, or are they just going to continue to keep spinning their wheels? The season was a was was strong. 12 wins, a playoff victory, but that's not going to win you anything. And unfortunately, they got, they got, they were exited out by the 49ers on the divisional round for the second straight year by the 49ers. So, it was another good year, but a good year ain't cutting it if you're not in the Super Bowl and you have a chance to win it, which the Cowboys, once again, came up short, too short. The team that was one of the big surprises this year was the New York Giants. They made the playoffs. They also won a playoff game. And they might have the coach of the year in Brian Dable, who from the day he stepped into that into that, that, that front office there in New Jersey, the game changed. And the Giants were no longer a joke. They were serious. They started 7-2. and two. They they down the stretch, but they got their act together where they beat a team in the playoffs, and they felt confident that they could have even beat the Eagles, even though they they met their match. But hey, this was a, a, an overachieving year for this team, and they and they have a platform for the future. But Daniel Jones and Swaycon and Barkley are both free agents. Is it worth signing both of them, or do the one of them have to go? We'll see what happens in this off season because they're still allow room to grow with that team if they can take that next step the way the Eagles took this year. And for Washington, it was a great – it was actually a solid year when you look at it. They finished, they finished without losing records, but 
like many teams, struggle with the quarterback position. They trapped, they trade for Carson Wentz. He sucks. He got hurt. Taylor Heineke is basically their version of Nick Foles, a guy that should be their franchise guy, helped them win a lot of games, put them in position to make the playoffs. But then they decide to go back to Carson Wentz, and it cost them. It cost them a playoff spot. And now, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, where do they go? They have they have a quarterback that they believe in in Sam Howell, but obviously Taylor Heineke is their version of Dick Foles. He's the guy that's won and has done the most for them over the last couple of years. Looks like the ownership's going to change in the offseason, but Ron Rivera should get at least one more year. But it is time to put up or shut up next year for him. The year of reckoning for him. And obviously for that team. So, your thoughts on the NFC this year? All right. Well, you know, before we get, I guess, started on that, I will say, you know, this is a sort of a bittersweet time of the year for me, you know. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a lot nicer now with the Eagles actually with one game left. But, uh, you know, I'm a big football fan. I enjoy watching football. But we get to this point of the season, it's been, what, five months of football? Five months of, you know, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, you know, obviously I like to drink my beers when I'm watching the games. And so, you know, after the Super Bowl, that's when I do my uh, sort of detox for a good month or so. No booze, eating, eating healthy, working out, eating more than normal. You know, really get that six-pack going for the spring. Because, you know, Florida, you know, I might be 40, but like Tom Brady, you know, I can still, I, I still got, I can still keep my body going. And, uh, you know, Florida in the summer, in, in the spring, that's the tour season, man. You got to look good. Cause I'm at the beach every weekend. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, I do look forward to just being able to sort of uh, get away from all that shit and, and uh, and uh, work out and do my thing, but at the same time, I'll miss football. But still, um, then you get so let's get in the NFC. We'll start from the bottom up. Washington, you know, like you said, they they had a somewhat decent year. I mean, anytime you miss the playoffs, it's it, you can't consider it a, it a successful year unless it's like. You know, you're coming off an 0 17, 0 16 season. <laughs> you know, and you, you played better. But they were in the hunt for most of the year. Um, Heineke played okay. He was solid, but he's not. He's clearly not a, a the type of guy that's going to lead a franchise. And then, you know, Carson Wentz is a bum. Ron Rivera, you know, this guy. This guy's so overrated, it's ridiculous, man. So, he, I, he's just an average NFL head coach. He's a really good defensive coach. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can sort of lead people, but he's not a head coach. He never was, never will be. He'll never win a Super Bowl. So, you know, Washington's just stuck in one of those, those cycles where they're just, at best, an average NFL team. Um, then you go into the Giants. They had a good year. Yeah, yeah, they 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 had they they exceeded expectations for sure. 
um, Brian Dable did a great job, especially in the first half of the year. You know, they had a lot of games in that in early in the season that they they can't they snuck away with victories. Probably some games that they should have lost. Um, it got them out, out to a great first half of the season. The second half, you know, they, they faded a bit down the, down the stretch in the second half of the season. But they did have that huge win against the Vikings in the playoffs. You know, they obviously got blown out by the Eagles in the second round, but it gives the team the, the fans some hope. I still have my doubts about them and, their, and the future of the team. You know, Daniel Jones isn't the answer. They're not in any position to get a quarterback unless they, like, actually go and make a major move in free agency or trade. And, uh, you know, I could just see this team being just the same as they were that first year under Joe Judge when they had a, a, a nice year. And a lot of fans were like, oh, yeah, he's good, he's good. And then what happened next year? They tanked. So, you know, it could be the same situation. We'll see. And the Cowboys, you know, <laughs> they're the typical Cowboys. They gave the fans hope. They played well for most of the year, with the exception of some games here and there. They were way overrated by the media. Dak, again, overrated by the media after he came back from his injury. And look what happened. Knocked out of the playoffs. First round. Over. Typical Cowboys, man. That's how they are. That's how they're going to be. So, that's, that's them. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how it is. And then, lastly, the Eagles. You get into the, you look at the preseason, there's a lot of people out there now, right now, I've seen people in the, in the media and everything like, oh, if you thought this team was going to be this good, you, you're lying. Like, if you, if you, uh, if you said that this team, if, you, if you're saying now that you said this team in the preseason was going to be this good, you're lying. You know, if you thought, if you said that uh, Jalen Hurts was going to be MVP type player, you're lying. Or you're just like a, a fan drinking the Kool-Aid type. That's what they're basically saying. But yeah, been, I was saying it. I've been saying it since the draft. This team was a lot better than anybody gave them credit for. This, this team had depth. This team was good at every position. The X factor was how good Jalen Hurts was going to play. And I told you back in when we did our predictions, I wish I saved it. Um, for some reason, I, I, I accidentally threw it out. But we did our, uh, you know, our preview. We did our predictions for each of the awards. I didn't give my award for MVP to Jalen Hurts, but I did say I thought he had a good chance to throw for 4,000 yards and run for 1,000, and I said he was my uh, pick for off Offensive Player of the Year. Not MVP, but Offensive Player of the Year, and there's a good chance he's going to win that. Um, I, I, you know, so I, I told you back then, we had dominant lines on both sides of the ball. We had receivers for the first time in a long time. We had a, a top five tight end, a running back that's underrated. Jalen Hurts had everything that he needed to have a monster year, and he did. And then on the defensive side of the ball, like I said, that defensive line was legit. And they, they exceeded everyone's expectations, even my own. 
I didn't expect them to be that dominant, but still, they were dominant. The linebackers were really good. T.J. Edwards is the guy I've been talking up for years. He, he, he really burst on this team this year. Um, and then that secondary, you know, back in the draft, what did I tell you? I told you, if, uh, if this team, after the draft, if they could go out and sign James Bradbury, who the Giants had just, had just cut a couple weeks prior, and I said, um, I expected them to make a trade sometime, like during training camp type of thing, for a safety. I said, if they make those two moves, this defense is going to be top five. And, uh, and it was. It was number two in the NFL. Possibly the probably the best defensive line we've seen this in the 21st century, and you can make a case ever, you know. So, the Eagles just dominated everybody they played, and uh, I'm not going to say I completely called it because I didn't think they were going to be that good, but I wasn't too far off in my prediction. So. Well, like I said, we'll see what the, the NFC East went from worst in 2020 to first as the top division this past year. Yeah. But obviously, we'll continue looking at the NFC. We'll look at the North. And obviously, this was a division that seemed like it was going to be good. And it was, you know, up and down, but interesting in itself. We'll obviously start with the champs, the Vikings, maybe the most fraudulent 13-win team in NFL history. They had to win games by the skin of their teeth, and then they got exposed in some of their losses. They got blown out and then into the playoffs where they lost two to the Giants. And now do you wonder what, what's the future of this team, especially, especially with Kirk Cousins, who's not cutting it for the money he's made. He had $2 million. For a guy who's got paid $84 million, up front and has only one postseason win in five seasons to match. You're absolutely right. He is a loser. He is a loser, and this team is just has always underachieved. They've made some changes in the off. They've made some coaching changes. We'll see what happens come next season. But the Vikings are one of those teams that, you know, they just peaked at the wrong time. Obviously, Detroit might have the best future. They obviously were an exciting team. They were a fighting team. And a lot of people would say in the second half, outside the Eagles and the 49ers, this was a team nobody wanted to really see. Unfortunately, they lost They lost two games that cost them a playoff spot. Thanksgiving against the Bills, and especially the loss on Christmas Eve to the, to the Panthers, which if they didn't lose that game, they probably would have been playing on wild card weekend. And obviously, things have gone well. Dan Campbell's the right coach for this team. Jared Goff has become a better quarterback. He's the only quarterback in the last in the last seven games of the season that did not throw an interception, which is hard to do. And obviously, this team really got their act together at the right time, even though they they lost a game that came up short of a postseason berth. But obviously, they make a few tweaks and a few adjustments, and this team could be up there with the Eagles next year. Who knows? They're really – they have a bright future. For Green Bay, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. This year, the distractions were too much for them to be a contender. They fell off the map this year. 
they had they had four, they got for a four and eight start, and that just and it sunk them. Even though they may have run late, it was just two too many losses. They put them in the postseason, and Aaron Rodgers, his narcissistic self, did did not did not do himself any favor. Now the reports are he is going to walk away and and go elsewhere. He is except he will accept the trade wherever they decide to take him somewhere in the AFC, either the Jets or the Raiders, from what we talk, from what we're hearing. But it looks like the Aaron Rodgers era is going to come to an end, and Jordan Love will take over sometime soon. So we'll see what happens there. But this Packers team has a lot of work to do. If this is a team, they're, they're going into a transition. They're not contenders anymore. That window, that Super Bowl window, has has fallen, has has slammed shut for a while. And then the Bears, they just weren't good this year. They just they weren't going to be good. They 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 were the, they actually ended up with the worst record, the most losses in the NFL, fourteen. They they somehow because of some BS were able to secure the first overall pick in the end of in this April's draft. What they do with it is unknown. Do they trade it or do they draft a quarterback? I mean, Justin Fields is obviously. Even though, yeah, he did the numbers aren't great. He did he did show that he has, if he's properly coached offensively, he has the tools to be very, very good with his with his skill set. He showed that a lot this year, including in the Eagles game at times. So Chicago has to make a tough decision, but they have they they rule the draft. They have three months to prepare. They have three months to prepare. They can pick whoever they want. And we'll see what happens. So, your thoughts on the on the North, the North division? Okay. Well, you know, like I said, I like to start from the bottom up. So we'll start with the Bears. Like you said, number one pick in the draft. And the big question is, what are they going to do with it? Because you know, they they're not a good team. Obviously, they got the number one pick in the draft. Justin Fields. I've already talked about him since he was before he was drafted. I think he's a fraud. Um, he's, a, he's a great athlete. He's not a great quarterback. I don't think he ever will be. Um, and this is the team. He had, what, two games all year that he threw for over 200 yards? He, he might feel great. He might be great rushing the ball. He's never going to be a great passer. And uh, you, can, you can throw in some receivers in there, and it'll help him, just like it helped uh, Jalen Hurts this year, just like it helped Josh Allen in his, uh, his breakout year. But he's not going to ever reach that level as a passer. And uh, the Bears, I think they're committed to him. I think they're going to, instead of draft a quarterback, I think they're going to trade down, try to load up on draft picks, and give him a shot. And it's not—it's—it's it's probably the way you—it's the way you should do it. You know, you at least got to give your core. If you drafted a quarterback that you think that is going to be good, you got to give him a shot. You got to surround him with the talent. And, uh, and if he fails, especially if you can trade down and get a bunch of draft picks, at least then in the future you have those draft picks to try to move up if, if you need to. Just like how the Eagles traded and got all these draft picks this year and last year and next year um, just in case Jalen Hurts didn't work out. Fortunately for us, he did. But we had that fallback plan that, hey, if he doesn't work out, we got those draft picks. So um, that would be the smart move. But we're talking about the Bears. 
they rarely do the smart moves, man. So we'll see what happens over the next couple months. Um, Green Bay, yeah, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, he might be, he, it seems like he's going to be gone. Jordan Love, I don't, another guy I don't think is ever going to be a great quarterback, but they're going to give him a shot. They got to. They used the first round draft pick on him. He's been sitting for, what, three years now? And you got to see what you have. <laughs> uh, one thing, when we talked about the Packers, though, they did draft two receivers that had potential. You know, my guy, Romeo Dobbs, he, he showed a lot of potential this year. He still needs to uh, he still needs to get better with his hands overall, but this guy knows how to get open. He knows how to play. He, he can he can beat the cornerback, and he can make a lot of acrobatic catches. He's uh, he's going to be good. And then one thing that when we before the draft last year I, I did for the first time was I gave you a bunch of player team matches that I thought would be like perfect matches for the team. Um, I told you Christian Watson to the Packers would be the perfect a perfect match, and it worked out. You know, he started the season with a bunch of injuries. Second half of the year, once he got healthy, he was he was the best receiver, the best rookie receiver in in the NFL. The guy was awesome. So uh, there is a, there is a bright future there for Green Bay at the receiver position, but they need they need uh, Jordan Love to do something, and then you get to the Lions. Uh, man, you know, I, like I said at the end of the year, I, re- I was I was rooting for them to make the playoffs, even though it, I thought it would be uh, a detriment to the Eagles. I didn't think Eagles would lose to them or anything like that, but they would. They weren't a team that was uh, scary going into the playoffs. You know, I thought they could make some noise. They got that offense. Uh, Jamison Williams came back at the end of the year. Now he's got a full off season to recover from that knee injury from college. And um, Jared Goff is a quarterback that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's very underrated. Let's, let's just say that. He's, un, he's an underrated quarterback in the NFL. He's been in the NFL for seven years, seven seasons. If you throw out his rookie year, because his rookie year he played only seven games, and it basically was his rookie year. If you throw out his rookie year um, in six seasons, he's thrown for just over 24,000 yards and 150 touchdowns. You know, that's basically uh, a little, an average of a little over 4,000 yards and, uh, what, 150 touchdowns in six seasons would be, um, what am I looking at here, about 27, 28 touchdown passes a year. I mean, the guy might not be, he might never be like the true franchise quarterback that you expect as a number one draft pick, but he's really good. And this team that they've built, he's in a great position to lead them going forward. And this team is a, one of those teams that we look at next year. They could be pretty scary. They got an offensive line. They got receivers. They got a running game. The defense could still use a little bit of work, but it's, it's gotten better. Um, they got a whole offseason to, to fix the, their little, the little issues that they have, especially on defense. And they could do something next year. I, I got a feeling when, when you and I talk in, before training camp and we do our preview for the season, I think both of us are going to be picking the Lions to win the division. Which gets to this year's divisional winner, the Vikings, the Frauds, the loser 
you know? And they did it again. They were frauds all year. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew that they, that they weren't anywhere close to what their record was. Everybody knew that come playoff time, uh, Kirk Cousins was going to choke. And it all happened. First round of playoffs, Giants crushed them. <laughs> you know? It happened. We, we knew it was going to come, and everyone was waiting for it, and it, it came. So what can you say? It's the Vikings. That's what you expect. And when you add in Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, it's almost a lock. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, the most unknown division of all eight that we will preview is after, that we will look back is now is the NFC South. If you haven't lived under a rock or head up uh, somewhere, Tom Brady once again announces his retirement. Is it legit? Who knows? But one thing we can agree on. We can definitely agree on. No matter if Brady has thrown his last pass or not, he will not return to the Tampa, to the Bucks next year. They will not return to the Bucks next year. So they are now in an unknown position. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They don't know, you know, a lot of things. There's a lot of things that's going to have to change in that, in that organization moving in the moving forward. So obviously, there's a lot to, to look into. There's a lot to look into there. And, and it wasn't a good season. Lots of injuries, and they just struggled. They just struggled. Even though Brady still put up decent passing numbers, but that's all I can say. But it was a rough year. Topo is not is not a head coach. He's just not. Even though he's he's a he's a strong, respected, highly respected defensive coordinator, his head coaching his head coaching is desired. It's to be desired. Then you look at um, the Saints. Yeah, they beat the Eagles at the end of the year, and that's a big upset. But really, the season was they, – they have another head coach that shouldn't be a head coach. And they, once again, decide to ride the, the train of Andy Dalton, who was on his fourth team in the last four years. So he's become a journeyman. And Davis Winston has been pushed aside. Who knows what if he if he's if what his future is? He might be like Cam Newton. He might be exercised out of the league. And you know they struggled with a lot of injuries themselves. They had decent defense, but the team just struggled with with, with lines and you know and just they just weren't great at football team. They just weren't a good football team this year. So a lot of unknowns. They may have to draft a quarterback, and who knows what what's next for them. Carolina, like you said, when the season began, you weren't a big fan of Matt Rule. I really wasn't either. And he got exposed to a point where he did lose his job after five weeks. Steve Wilkes did a very, very good job in, in, in putting, the, putting the Panthers in the hunt to potentially even make the playoffs. They somehow got to the next to last part of the year. And for three quarters, they actually outplayed Tampa Bay in a shot to win the NFC North. I mean, the NFC South. Unfortunately, they came up short. Like I said, the quarterback position, if they're on board with Sam Darnold, who knows? That, we don't, we don't even know at all. I mean, Sam Darnold is what he is. This team, who knows? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of question marks there, but... You know, Frank Wright's now the new head coach. 
is he on board with is he going to be on board with Sam Darnold, or does he need to look for another quarterback if they draft one? We'll see. And then Atlanta, I mean, we didn't expect much from them this year. Your cousin Mariota got the got the job and got and started most of the games, but he started off okay. But then the, then they kind of then you kind of realize they're not that deep, and the results show it. Eventually, they moved to Desmond. Uh, What's his name? Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Desmond Ritter, who you think is Jalen Hurts Jr. or the next uh, I'm not Pittsburgh? saying – I don't say that, but I, I, he's got potential, and I think you got to give well, him time to develop. That's, well, that's all I say. Well, Jalen Hurts, he impressed in his in his few starts in 2020. This young man, I, 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 don't, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks. You know, Atlanta's got a lot of holes on both sides of the ball. You know, they traded away Calvin Ridley, so they don't even have a elite receiver. I mean, yeah, Drake London was a decent receiver, but he's more of a number two than a number one. So maybe the most unknown – this is probably the biggest division with question marks of them all. So your thoughts on it? Okay, well, yeah, starting with the Falcons um... – you know, they're the same team this year as they were last year, okay? Arthur Smith got them to um, to overachieve. He's a good coach, I think that. But this is just a team that doesn't have a lot of talent, you know? Um, you mentioned Drake London. I said I said in a draft I thought he was, a, he was a bust. This year, he was okay. He had a couple good games, but I didn't see much out of him. Kyle Pitts took a major step back. Um, they got a good running game, you know. Cordell Patterson, the old man, is, had he's had a, a career resurgence here, and um, Tyler Algier, the rookie, he was really good. He was one of the best. He was, um, depending on cer- certain stats you look at, he was potentially the best rookie running back. You know, he was he was actually really good. Um, the question, like you said, with this team is going to be Desmond Ritter going forward. Is he a guy that they think can be a, a, a guy they can build their team around? Or is he a backup quarterback? And we'll see. We'll see. They're going to, if, if they don't really think he's going to be a great quarterback, they got to make a move in the draft to get one. You know? So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, their defense needs a ton of work, too. You get into the uh, Saints here. This team, you know, going into last year when we talked off the top of my head, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think it was like about $84 million. They were over the cap, and they had they just weren't a very good team to begin with. This year, it's about $57 million they're going to be over the cap, and they're an even worse team. And you look at what they did, even with that no, low cap space, and even with Jameis Winston at quarterback, they still acted like they were making a move for the Super Bowl. You know, they gave the Eagles a first-round pick this year, to, so that they could get a, an extra first-round pick in the last draft. Then they traded up just to get a receiver in Chris Olave, who's really good. But is he worth all that draft capital that they gave up? I mean, come on, you know. Um, yeah, this team just doesn't – this is just a poorly run team. Um, they did recoup a first-round pick this year, 
thanks to Sean Payton coming back. So they do have the 29th pick in the draft, but the Eagles have the number 10 pick in the draft now. <laughs> you know? So uh, uh, all around, the Saints have just flubbed their whole roster. And by the way, they also, in the middle of training camp, just pretty much just gave us Chauncey Gardner-Johnson because they could, he wanted a bigger contract. And I don't know if they didn't want to pay him or if they just couldn't afford to, but, you know, huge move for the Eagles. Um, you get to the Panthers. This is just another team that has very little talent overall. They got a couple receivers, and that's about it. And even their receivers are overrated. Um, Matt Rule, like I said, going into the year was a, a, a fraud. He was uh, he was my first uh, coach to get fired. Um, yeah, they got they got very little there, but they they're, they're bringing in Frank Reich, so we'll see what happens. They're obviously gonna with their record, with the, the team that they have, they're obviously going to make an effort to get a, a franchise quarterback in there through the draft. And then Frank Reich is going to be tasked with developing him. So we'll see how that goes. And then you get to the Bucks, the winners of the division by default. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, Bucks at 8-9 win the division. You look at next year's prospects for this division, it could be seven and ten wins it, man. This is the worst division of football by far, and it's not changing this year. Frank Reich could like come in here and, and win the division with the, the with the Panthers with garbage. Yeah, now that's what we're looking at. Like you said, Tom Brady retired. The Bucks have aged massively over the last two years since they won the Super Bowl. And it is something that we saw with the Eagles, too, after they won the Super Bowl. For the next couple of years, they aged big time. Injuries piled up, and they, they fell off each year. And the Bucks are the same. So they're going to make a, they're gonna have to make a commitment here. Either it's time to uh, move on with Tom Brady gone, time to move on, get some youth in there. Maybe they can do a quick rebuild like the Eagles did, or maybe – I mean, if they want to try to go for it, maybe they can go and bring in, like, a Jimmy Garoppolo. But, I mean, I don't see the point in that. You know, one thing I will say is uh, when we talk about building a team, when we talk about building a coaching staff, one thing I say always is uh, I like to find a head coach that is an expert on one side of the ball, like uh, – for example, Nick Sirianni is an offensive coach. You know, he's really good. Frank Reich, offensive. You know, something like that. And then I prefer, if you have an offensive head coach, go find the best defensive coordinator you can possibly find. Pay him. And preferably it's a guy that's been around the league for a long time that doesn't even have prospects of getting a head coaching job again. But he's a great defensive coordinator like we've seen with Jim Johnson, like we've seen with uh, Jim Schwartz, like we've seen with uh, the Steelers with Dick LeBeau, you know. Um, you get a guy that you know you can rely on to consistently put out a great defense for you. And I think Todd Bowles is that type of defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach, but he's the guy that I'm keeping my eye on this year because we know Jonathan Gannon is on borrowed time here in Philly. 
It sounds like we're going to get another year with him, which is, I think, a good thing, even though the Philly fans don't like his approach to the game. But uh, after next year, if this defense is top five, top ten again, he's probably going to be a head coach. And uh, Todd Bowles is going to be on the chopping block because this Bucks team is going down, man. And I would, I would be more than happy to take Todd Bowles as my defensive coordinator and have a guy that's never going to get a head coaching job again and just let him sit here in Philly as a really good D.C. while Nick Sirianni runs the offense. Yeah, it sounds possible. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, the last division in the NFC is the West. And the 49ers, they had everything right. They had all the tools. They had a great offense. They had the best. They had the number one overall defense. Everything was right. But the quarterback position kept them from being in the, being playing in, their, in, in Sunday in the Super Bowl. They went through four quarterbacks. They all got hurt, two of them in the same day. What can you do about it? Now they're stuck. The decision: Do they do they go with their investment, the one that that they put they put their money into as a first round pick last year's draft and Trey Lance, or do they go with the hot shoe that helped them, who, who nearly made history and as a rookie in Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy? No, we don't. Brock Purdy may need may need surgery on his elbow. He will have surgery on his elbow. And he could miss the whole 2023 season, rumorly, but we'll see. He might be able to play next year, but a lot of questions to be answered with the quarterback position that, because of that, kept them from winning the NFC this year. Seattle was probably one of the more surprising teams. They made the playoffs basically by, basically by default in their own way, just because of winning one more game and Detroit and Green Bay not doing taking care of their business when it was needed. Geno Smith had a career year, a resurgence for a guy who's been looked at differently and pushed to the side most of his career. He led the league in uh, completion percentage and obviously did a decent job even in the playoff in the playoff loss. Played very decent and most likely has earned the right to be their starting quarterback at least in 2023. It's almost like Randall Cunningham in Minnesota late in his career. Almost left for dead, but came back with with a vengeance. You know, you don't normally see that in the NFL if, if ever, but Seattle, they still a lot of flaws. Their defense wasn't that great. They gave up a lot of points. Their offensive line wasn't the, the best at all. So there was a lot of flaws, but they had they, they could run the ball when when the guys were healthy and they had receivers. Obviously Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. Those guys have been been pros for, for for a minute and they've obviously proven themselves. So they have a chance to still be very good. They have a, a, a I would hey, you may say what you may not you may not like Pete Carroll, but he's a hell of a coach. He's been here and he's been and he's been their guy, you know. He's the longest tendered coach in the NFC, so you know. So to me, he's done he's done a good job, and he'll be back next year, and we'll see how good Seattle is or 
or is it? We'll see. Unfortunately for the Rams, they went from Super Bowl champ to rebuilding mode in the same year. Everybody got hurt. All the all the all the parts and pieces that won them of the Lombardi Trophy last year weren't around by the end of the year. And somehow it became Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield ended up a, a Los Angeles Rams. And actually played decent enough. But that's because he had great coaching. When you have a good coach like Sean McVay, you you do over you do you do be more worth than you than you are. And Baker Mayfield had some great games. He had a great Christmas probably the best game of his career on Christmas Day playing the Broncos. But then again, you're playing the Broncos, and they're not really good. But obviously, it was a lost year. It was a tough year. Sean McVay almost quit on his team to take a TV gig. But luckily, he, he paid to his senses, and he's going to try to put this team back in the postseason. We'll see what happens next year. But we'll see what happens. But you, you never know. I mean, this is a still, it's still, he's still a great coach, in my opinion. And this is a team that, you know, unfortunately, they don't have a first-round pick. That's the problem. They once again took away first-round pick, so they have to figure out who they will Quite that I'd say the Cardinals are, are going to be the worst team in football, but they're definitely not good. <laughs> um, you know, I've been saying all along, I've been saying uh, Cliff Kingsbury's a fraud, that he had no business being a, uh, a coach in the NFL. I've been saying all along that um, Kyler Murray's a fraud and that, you know, he, he's got no heart. And then 
you look at these last those third, those three years of Oklahoma quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley, um, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then Jalen Hurts, and um, everybody kept saying, "Oh, Hurts isn't is, will never be either of those two, especially Kyler Murray." And it's like I've been saying all along, Hurts can be better than all of them because neither of those two guys are anything special in the NFL. I'm sorry, neither of those two guys have the attitude to be great. And, you know, it, that, that's how it is. And you talk about the Cardinals, all the money that they gave Kyler Murray this, this before the season started. Um, yeah, they, they got some trouble going forward. But I don't think they're going to be the worst team, but they will be right up there. Um, then you get into the Rams, and this is a team... You know, like you said, they, they don't have a first-round draft pick. They, they would be picking sixth overall if, if they did, but that pick has gone to the Lions, who we already talked about as a potential breakout team next year. You know, so they're picking, the Lions have that number six pick. Uh, they're, they're looking pretty there. But the Rams, they got no first-round pick. Uh, they're coming in the offseason about $15 million over the cap which isn't a big deal. They can get under by restructuring. They can even create some space to maybe sign a player or two. But, you know, they've, they've gone all out to win uh, as many Super Bowls as they can over the last, like, last three seasons plus these next two. And, uh, and it's not working out. I mean, they won that one Super Bowl, which, you know, if you can win at one Super Bowl in five years, that's great. But they're trying to win multiple and I don't see that happening, <laughs> you know. This team has aged just like, like I said, with the Bucks, with the Eagles in 2017. Um, this team has aged in front of our eyes this year, and it's not going to get any better. There, It's a lot of old veterans, a lot of guys that they're stuck in contracts with. They can restructure some deals to make cap space, but, you know, they're stuck in some of these contracts. And... Uh, and they got a number of guys coming off some pretty big injuries that are key veterans, like Cooper Cup, like Matt Stafford. Um, we'll see what happens, but I, I don't think this is going to be a pretty year coming up for the Rams. Then you get to the Seahawks. They overachieve for sure. Just winning nine games with Geno Smith and making the playoffs. I mean, that's something, you know? But... I don't, I don't see that as, uh, as being something that they can be capable of sustaining with Geno Smith, a quarterback. I'm sorry. He had, a, he had a, his best year ever. Um, he had a, actually a, good, a really good year just by any general quarterback standard. But that's the best you're ever going to get out of him, 9-8. and eight. He's never going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Pete Carroll. That defense sucks. No matter either way you put, no matter how you put it, and whether you're Pete Carroll, whether you're uh, Andy Reid, anybody, any other any of these head coaches, um, Geno Smith is not winning you a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. So that's the best we're going to see out of them. I think with all these other teams like the Lions, um, possibly the Panthers getting better. You know, I don't see the Seahawks making the playoffs next year. 
And then you get to the division winners, the team that the Eagles just smoked a, couple, a week and a half ago, the 49ers. And, uh, you know, you said what did them in was their quarterback position. I'm putting it another way. They got by with the quarterback position. What did them in was their offensive line and their uh, game plan in the, in the NFC Championship game. You know, uh, Kyle Shanahan came up small in another huge game, coaching-wise. And that offensive line, they got smoked. And that's what did them in. Those quarterbacks, it doesn't matter who you put back there, whether it was Brock Purdy, whether it was uh, 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 Josh Johnson, whether it was Tom Brady. With the, with the pressure the Eagles were bringing, you, you, they had no chance. And that's what did them in, was just their offensive line and their game plan for how they were going to um, uh, hold off the Eagles' pass rush. And it was a complete failure. So, you know, now Brock Purdy going into the offseason, he's got that torn ligament in his elbow. There are a lot of question marks cause, because going in that game, it seemed like uh, Purdy was the future. And Lance, uh, what's his name? Trey Lance? Lance Bass? You know? <laughs> uh, maybe he, it seemed like he was on his way possibly out of town, but uh, now they need to have another, a backup option because Brock Purdy might not be ready to start the year. Do they keep Lance? Do they trade him and try to bring in a veteran that can hold down the fort for a little bit? We'll see how much faith they have in Brock Purdy, but you know, it was a, a major disappointment to end the season for the Niners this year. way out and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the problem is with the 49ers is that the Trey Lance deal, remember, they, when the season began, they, they had their wagon on him. So to give up on him so quickly would be a major mistake for them. Obviously, with Purdy, he did a, he did a damn good job, but, you know, he's still a rookie, and, and there was exposure. And that's like I said last week on the look back was there was going to be an exposure when it comes to the, f- the fact you're fighting for for the, NF- uh, for, the, for, the for the NFC championship and you're going to get the superior team like the Eagles were you know you just you know they just weren't on the same level yeah yeah exactly so, but obviously we'll, we'll move on that's the NFC now we'll go to the AFC and really if you look at the AFC I mean, like I said, I mean, for Buffalo, we'll start with the East. Like, we'll go East, South, all that. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, I am extremely disappointed in them. They had a great year, another great year, big game, Josh. Everything seemed great. But, unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, they didn't show up in the playoffs. Or they didn't show up. When it matters against a, a, a superior team like the Bengals, they, they've proven that they're not the top team in the AFC. They're the third best team behind the Chiefs and the Bengals, and they have to make some changes to, to see if they can actually win the AFC. I know you're kind of a classic Bills fan, like I am, like a Ravens fan. You're, you're kind of a classic Bills fan, but at the end of the day, they need to get their work together if they think they're going to win the AFC next year. Because there's flaws, there's flaws there that got exposed in that playoff game, and I know that Jamar Hamlin thing was a was a big issue. Obviously, luckily he's going to be okay. 
So who knows if he'll ever play football again? There's a lot, lot, you know, lot to be desired with this team. If they really want to be where, where the Eagles are, where the Chiefs are, obviously situational. Uh, who's next? Well, the Dolphins. Hey, they had, they made the playoffs. They, they invested in getting in Tyreek Hill. It paid off in a postseason appearance. That's what's the goal. Tua Tagliolopo, when healthy, was 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 really good. He was really good. But that's the question. When he was healthy, unfortunately, he was three concussions. That could really lower his career. And now you wonder if his career is going to be shortened because of that. Because you don't want to mess around with concussions. You hear about CTE. You hear about you know other other situations. This is a this is obviously a this is obviously a uh, you know this is obviously a league where concussions are are a major major deal. You get talked about all the time, and unfortunately, the, the end result was not very good. He sat out. He did not play in the playoff game, even though they nearly beat and upset the Bills. Just it's a shame. Miami kind of has a question mark with Tua in his future. So a lot to worry about there, but we'll see what happens. But still a decent year. Defense needs to get better. They have an elite offense when things are right. So we'll see what happens. The Patriots, like I said, if Joe, if Joe Judge and Matt Patricia wasn't running the offense, they could have been in the playoffs again this year. They, had, they have a good defense. Their defense was really good. Obviously, you know, Max Jones, I think, could be a very good quarterback when coached properly. He didn't have the coaching this year. And obviously, they got to get some offensive players. They need to get a top-flight receiver. They don't have a top-flight receiver. So a lot to work on in the offseason. But they did make amends with their offensive situation. They did bring in an offensive coach in Bill O'Brien, which is a major upgrade, as best an upgrade as they can have. I mean, Bill, Bill O'Brien is a, is, had a respectful run in Houston until it was over, and obviously he's been a very – he's a strong offensive guy. So compared to those to those morons that they – that you know, those two losers and morons that were running the offense there in New England, at least it's going to help back those significantly next season. Obviously, now they need to put the talent together there. And then the Jets, I feel, I feel bad for Jets fans. You had top 10 defense. You might have had the best defense in the AFC. But your offense stuck because you didn't have a quarterback. Like a lot of defense. The same song and dance. You had the right quarterback, you'd be in the playoffs. You had the best defense. Like I said, you had the best defense in the AFC. Probably the best defense in the AFC. Top 10 down the line. But, once again, the offense, their, their quarterback position stunk because Zach Wilson, like Kyler Murray, is worried about things off the field and on the field. And his production stunk because of it. Mike White is not a franchise quarterback. He's not even he's not even a, a front running quarterback. He's a backup quarterback at best. And you can't trust him for more than five games. So this is where a Derek Carr 
or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G comes to mind come next month in free agency. You have to go after those guys or you're not going to make the postseason and Robert Sala might not have much of a long, may not have much of a shelf life left because unfortunately what, what we know about debts over the last, at least the last 20, 25 years, you don't have much of a shelf life. I mean, Robert Sala is getting a third year and that's not, that's not easy to do for that, for that franchise. But like I said, they need to get their asses where it's at when it comes to the, to the quarterback position or it will be another most missed postseason as heads will be rolling. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, um, with the Jets, yeah, definitely if they want to take a step forward, they need to go get a quarterback because Zach Wilson isn't the answer and neither is Mike White. So um, I could see uh, them and Jimmy G as being a perfect marriage there um, and they do have a really good D and they do have talent on offense they, they got players it's just they don't have a quarterback they could improve their offensive line um, uh, Brees Hall is going to be coming back from injury that's going to help that offense too but without a quarterback they're going nowhere um, and one thing about this division if you look at the records of the teams the records aren't anything special. You know, the Bills are sitting there uh, uh, with 13 wins on the season. But the rest of them, you know, 9 and 8, 8 and 9, 7 and 10, it doesn't look special. But this was a very competitive division, you know. So uh, it, it does. they do have a lot of talent in this division. So the Jets have to keep pace with the rest of the teams, which brings me to the Patriots sitting at 8 and 9 on the season. Um, they got a tough D. They got a tough D. But that offense, like you said, with Matt Patricia at quarterback, or at quarterback, at offensive coordinator, they were doomed from the start. <laughs> no, they had no chance. So the addition of Bill O'Brien, that's going to be huge for that team, for that offense, for Matt Jones. But they still need to get some talent in there on offense. They need to finally find a, a couple of receivers too. You know, when was the last time we saw a Patriots team with good receivers? You know what? What? What was it? Randy Moss Randy and Moss. Wes Welker. Randy Moss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. So, you know, they need to figure that out. Otherwise, Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl with. Dion Branch at wide receiver as his top receiver, you know. So. It's Kobe Myers. Yeah, yeah, right. So, it's not going to happen. So they need to figure that out, and they need to figure it's it out. The long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Unreal. But yeah, yeah, no, Mac Jones just isn't that. He needs help. So they got to get that going. And maybe Bill O'Brien, maybe the addition to him. He'll, he'll be able to talk some sense in that front office and give his wisdom, and maybe they'll find some guys to, to actually get, like, throw the ball to. Um, you go into the Dolphins. This is a, man, this is a team that's hard to predict how they're going to end up in the future, you know. Um, Tua was good, especially in the first half of the year when he was healthy, but We've seen it going back to college, man. The guy's just always injured. Beyond that being injured, now he's got concussion issues. 
And beyond that, as good as it was in the first half of the year, that offense wasn't all that great down the stretch in the second half. Um, I mean, they made the playoffs, but, you know, it seems like the team started to figure them out in the second half of the season. So they're going to have to make some adjustments. And beyond that, they're going to have to, if they want to go with Tua as a starter for next year, they need to find a, a legit backup quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Skyler Thompson, they're just not going to cut it when Tua gets injured. Because now, at this point, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, you know. And on top of that, their defense is horrible. This team, as good as their offense was, they they let up more points on defense than they scored on offense. They let up 399 points. They scored 397, you know. So they, they got a lot of problems there. This, they, if, the, if the Jets go out and find a quarterback, I could see the Dolphins being last in the division easily. And uh, then you get to the Bills, and yeah, they, they were a disappointment, man. They came into the season. Uh, they were the favorites. They dominated for the first, what, six, seven, eight weeks of the season? I can't even remember. But they were just blowing everybody out. And then the wheels fell off. You know, they hit that September slump that they hit every year, it seems. And this year, they didn't recover. Um, the defense was awesome for the first half of the year, but then Vaughn Miller went down, and all of a sudden they had no pass rush. Uh, the, that offensive line, that needs some work. Wide receiver, they got Stephon Diggs. Everybody was super high on Gabe Davis coming in the year. He had a decent year, but he proved that he's not a number two receiver. He's a number three. He's a big play threat. But he's not a guy that you can rely on as a consistent number two. So they need to find another receiver. And then running back, uh, Devin Singletary, he's solid. He's a free agent this year, though, just like Miles Sanders in exactly the same season. He's a free agent. No way the Bills, who are $15 million over the cap right now, you know, they can get under the cap, but no way they're going to give uh, Devin Singletary a big contract. Uh, James Cook, he's not an every-down back. They're going to have to find a running back there in Buffalo, too. So, you know, they, they, need to, they need to figure a few things out. They need to upgrade their pass rush on defense, and they need to basically fill everything out around Josh Allen. They need a better offensive line. They, they need better skill position players if they really want to compete with the Chiefs and the, and the Bengals. And um, we'll see what they do, but they need to fix that this year. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the AFC South. And this was a division that seemed like a rubber band effect. What comes around goes around, seems like. Jacksonville made the playoffs after a slow start. Like I said, I, I expected them to be in, in an eight-nine win team, and they turned out that way. Trevor Lawrence has come this, into his own as as a top-flight quarterback. This is an offense that's going to get better. They had some receivers. They can run the ball with Travis Etienne. Defensively, not too great, but they got better. I mean, they weren't they really weren't that good. Not good at all, even in the playoffs. But, hey, 
And they got money. They can get their act together and they can get better. They can obviously get some. They can use, if they have money to play with in, the, in March next month, they can obviously make some moves on the, on the defensive side of the ball to be a, a team that can actually contend in that conference. It's a tough conference, but hey, Dougie P is an overachieving coach. That's all he knows how to be, an overachieving coach. And obviously, they got guys that can actually get things done. So the future looks better for Jacksonville than it's been probably since their, their first four or five years. So we'll see what happens. Tennessee, sadly, dropped like a rock late in the year. A lot of it because of their injuries. Last year they had a lot of injuries, but this year they couldn't recover from it. All their injuries just ruined the, what they were 7-2 and two, and they never won another game after that. They just fell off the map. They choked down. They basically collapsed. And now they have quarterback issues. Ryan Tannehill is basically finished. So now they have to either draft a quarterback or trade for one. They might do both. I mean, Derrick Henry, if he passes he pass, he his best days, I mean, who knows? Obviously, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, Traylon Burks was a good receiver. You know, the biggest, one of the big reasons why they fell apart was when they, for whatever reason, gave us A.J. Brown. I thank them very much, as you do, but why they trade for trade A.J. Brown, I'll never know. Because that was a boneheaded move, and it cost them dearly offensively this year. So, defense is still very good. I still respect Mike Grable, but they've made major coaching moves. Grable's deserving of another year, but unfortunately, the coach, uh, a lot of their coaching staff has been changed. So, Jackson, like I said, Tennessee, they got to get back on track. They're good enough, but it's time for a few adjustments. We'll see what happens. Indianapolis, oh my God. Oh my God. What a, what a disaster that was. I mean, I think. I'm I'm the I'm the fool. I think them to win the division. <laughs> boy, I got boy, I look like an idiot. Oh my god, where where do I go? Once again, quarterback position. They bring in an aging Matt Ryan. I told you before the start of the season he was shot, and damn it, he is shot. God knows if he will ever play another down. If he's if he's if he's retiring, he says he's not. But there's no room. Indianapolis is moving on from him. It's obvious. And I don't even know. I mean, the fact that they fired Frank Wright is a, is a, is a shame because he's still a really good coach. And, and luckily, they, somebody was able to give him a second chance. Carolina, we'll see how that goes. But at least he's going to get a chance to redeem himself elsewhere. So why why you want to pick Jeff Saturday from a token from the couch to be your head coach? guy has no business being anywhere close to being the head coach. I mean, if Mel Kiper can't get a GM job in 40 years, how the hell do you get a head coaching job? Because you were a former player? Because you have a good relationship with, with your moronic owner? Hell. I mean, if I was going to play that kind of fool, that's like, that's like, that's like, the, that's like, 
a former president and his entire his entire staff. And you know who I'm talking about. That's how Indianapolis ran last year. And it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Once again, they have eight or nine different heads. Like Arizona, there's an opening. They're still looking for a head coach. But, man, the only thing I can say to be smart is they're not going, they're not jumping to conclusion here. They're going to try to find the right coach. Whoever that is. If it's if you think it's Jeff Saturday, then you better and you better have a great coaching staff put together because you're only as good as your coaching staff. But man, Indianapolis is a mess. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They, they're going to end up. I'll even give you a full prediction. I think they finish last in this division next year. That's how bad things are right now. They have to go to rock bottom before they climb back. The sad thing is, Houston was the worst team this year with the worst roster. They actually have a better future than Indianapolis because now they actually have a head coach that they believe in, one of their own, D'Amico Ryan. Unlike Jeff Saturday, has busted his ass for the last several years as a as an assistant coach, as a defensive coordinator. He's worked his way up, and now he's gotten the opportunity. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of flaws at, in, at Houston. I mean. You know who's going to be the head, who's going to be the quarterback? They have a running back. Uh, who's going to? They're going to get a wide receiver. Uh, you know their defense. Uh, the good news is at least you have a guy like Tabika Ryan. And yeah, this league is more known for offensive coach head coaches than a defensive head coach. But a defensive head coach can get it done. Like I said, look at Belichick. He's a six-time champion going to Kansas. So. At least they got the right coach, and there's a very good chance that Houston will turn this around. Not turn around quickly, but they'll find a way to turn this around in the D'Amico Ryan's era. So that's all I can say. Your thoughts on this, on this crazy division? Well, when it comes to the Texans, um, you know, we know D'Amico Ryan's here. I, we wish him the best. I My hope for him is that the fact that he's a uh, sort of like a Houston area hero, that being being a linebacker for the team and being a great player for the team, my hope for him is that it buys him enough time to help turn the team around without getting fired. You know, because this team's going to take some time, and they're trying to they're going to obviously be looking for a quarterback there. They're picking what number two overall, so. You know, we're looking at C.J. Stroud. We're looking at Bryce Young. We're looking at uh, the the other guy from Kentucky, Will uh, Will Levis. And who knows? Maybe they try to make a move up to number one and give up way more than they should just to move up one spot. But uh, and yeah, that's that, a risk, that's a sad risk they take. You yeah. gotta move up one. You gotta move up one spot, but it's gonna cost you at least a third of of your deal to <laughs> yeah. do so. Yeah, I know. It costs cost a lot. We saw the bill, or the the bills, the Bears do that when they moved. Yeah, they got the wrong quarterback. Yeah, exactly. No, they got the wrong quarterback. It's like making all those. Somebody's going to screw up in the draft. You know that it happens every year. Oh yeah, definitely. It always happens, and it could happen here with Houston, man. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of any of these quarterbacks in this draft, but we'll see. Um, 
but yeah, I think they're in for a rough, they're they're in for a rough couple of years, and I, I'm just hoping that Danico Ryan gets enough time to try to help them build up this team. Um, then you get to the Colts. I don't have as negative an outlook as you on this team. Um, they obviously have some major issues at quarterback. They're also a team that's going to be looking to trade up. You know, they, 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 they've already tried to trade four quarter, veteran quarterbacks. It's mostly been a failure. So instead of trying to trade for a veteran, they're in a position where they could try to trade up into the top two, top three, number one overall, um, and get at least a young quarterback that they think could be their franchise and hope maybe they, they get another Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. That remains to be seen, but I do think they still have talent, more talent than their record indicates. Um, this team was a disaster this year, but they, they, they I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that they do have a really good offensive line when healthy. Um, we, we've compared them to being almost pretty much on the same level as the Eagles' offensive line coming into the year this year, you know? Their defense isn't bad talent-wise. Again, when healthy, um, they 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 just had they had an awful season this year, but they do have some players. You know, Michael Pittman at receiver, Jonathan Taylor at running back. They got some stuff to build around. They need a quarterback. They need to get healthy, and they need some other players. But they got something going on there. Um, we'll see. We'll see. The Titans are the team that's really going to fall off. <laughs> Man, like you said, Tannehill's injured. Um, Travis Henry's getting old. And they don't have a lot else. That defense is just, what, average at best. That offensive line's not good. They got rid of A.J. Brown, brought in uh, Traylon Burks, who's a massive downgrade, to say the least. You know, he's got some talent, but that's about it. This team's this team's going to be potentially the, the last place team in this division, in my opinion. Uh, they're in some, for some trouble here. And then the Jaguars, all of a sudden, they coming into the year, they were looking pretty, like they weren't, well, not coming into the year, but two years ago, I should say. You know, they were obviously coming in with Trevor Lawrence as a rookie, number one pick in the draft. You know, they had a lot of issues. But coming going into next year, this could be the AFC version of the Lions. You know, I told you how the Lions are going to be a, a big team with a lot of people going into next year's uh, sleepers. And the Jaguars could be the same. The main problem I have with them is uh, their cap space situation. Uh, they went out this last offseason, and I actually – put them as off-season losers, not because of Doug Peterson, but the way that they handled free agency, they way overpaid for a lot of players. And now you're looking at next year, there's $22 million over the cap. Um, and this is a team that normally we see them with like 50, 60, 80 million dollars in cap space. So uh, they really did a poor job of managing that cap over the last year. And um, that, that could bite them in the ass. But again, this at this point, 22, 20 million, being over the cap that much, 
you can get under the cap without even having to cut any anybody of of significance. So they are in they, 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 they will get under the cap without going crazy. And one thing when when I compare them to the Lions as the Lions of the AFC, the Lions have the number six pick in the draft thanks to the Rams. Um Jacksonville doesn't have a high draft pick like that, but they are getting Calvin Ridley for next year, assuming he come he gets reinstated, which he should be, um, and that's going to be huge. That is basically like having a top ten draft pick. Calvin Ridley is the elite receiver in this in this league. You give him, you give Trevor Lawrence him, with what they already have. Help him, um, help him out on the offensive line. Even if that defense isn't very good, that that offense is going through the roof. And you, you hope to get a little bit better on defense. And even if they can be middle of the pack on D, Jacksonville could be a potential contender next year. Yeah, I give Jacksonville the best chance because they they they, they got the quarterback. That's the most important thing. They got and they got pieces. They, they have a shot. Yeah. Rest of the division, I don't know. <laughs> it's an unknown. There's all. That's the unknown as their southern NFC part. You know, not their southern NFC part, but three of the four teams have, have questions, major questions in this offseason. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll look at the north, and really, this is a, my division, my favorite division. Bengals, man, they should have been in the Super Bowl. They made one failed mistake that could have been this game, could have been the AFC title game, the overtime. I don't put, I don't blame the guy. It was just a, he, he just, his momentum cost him. That, that's unfortunate. But Bengals, they're, they're set right now. They have the quarterback, respectable head coach, elite receiver, a top running back, who, who once again, suffered a major scare that nearly could have cost him his career. But luckily, he avoids, he, 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 he's going to be all right. He's going to be able to avoid major consequences. And their defense, well-respected. Probably more, even more of a strength than you would think. So Cincinnati's a team that's going to be around for a while. I, I've unfortunately surpassed your bills. They've surpassed your bills. Look what they did. They beat them, and they beat them down in that playoff game. <laughs> and they they have Patrick Mahomes' number most of the time. Unfortunately, they, you know, Mahomes finally got the better of him when it mattered. But, like I said, Bengals, we can see them win the AFC again in the in the near future. So, and then there's the my Ravens. Hey, they showed up in that playoff game, but. You know the you know the story about them. It's Lamar Jackson. The guy will he be back next year? Will he play under the franchise tag? They're going to franchise tag. They're not going to just let him walk walk. You know, got free. You're going to have to play ball with them. You're you're your own agent. You let your mother pay hell 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 your bills. Mom can't always tell your hands. This is a grown man's league. You got you got to put put yourself in there as a grown man. Get it through Rosenhaus. Get somebody, somebody to negotiate, because you can't negotiate by yourself. And it's obvious. 
I mean, you've been following the league. Who you know, what player you know organizes their own contract? <laughs> very, very few. Yeah. If, 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 so that's a question mark. Really, when you look at this team, the defense, they got better with, when, when, they got, uh, when they got the guy from the Bears. You know, when they got the guy from the Bears, Quinn, not Quinn, I, I forgot his name. They got their act together, and their defense was much improved. And, you know, offensively, they need, no a, wide receiver. They need, you know, they need a wide receiver, obviously. You know, they, they lacked one this year. Perriman went down with an injury, so they got to get, they got to get some receivers. I, I think Ravens will be okay. It's just that they have to figure out if, 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 if Lamar Jackson's worth it, if he's worth their guy, worth it, you know? Because unfortunately, Jalen Hurts has surpassed, has surpassed, uh, has surpassed him. He's in a Super Bowl, which unfortunately, Lamar Jackson has yet to do in his career. Pittsburgh is, to me, Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches ever. I mean, this team had no business being in, in, in playoff contention, but somehow they were at the end. Yeah, T.J. Watts the best, was, was defensive player of the year last year. He won't win it this year, obviously, because he was injured for a while. But, man, T.J. Watts has done a damn good job, and this defense is really, really good. Obviously, they, they have the quarterback for the future. You know, he just has to get better. And there's a very good chance that this um, – there's a really good chance that Pittsburgh could be back next year as a, as a playoff team. But who knows? I mean, you know, they, they still got some flaws. Like I said, offensively, they have a lot more flaws than defensively, obviously. But they're a team that can obviously – be in the mix again next year. We'll see. So we'll see with them. But and Cleveland next year, it's all about next year. You can give up this year because you didn't have your quarterback. You know, Deshaun Watson, he had the third list suspension for most of the year. And, you know, but Kevin Stefanski, man, he has to prove it if he's the real if he's gonna be their coach moving forward. He's getting a fourth year in Cleveland. I don't think anybody to this point, since the rebirth of this franchise, has gotten four, a, a fourth year. But somehow he's getting a fourth, a fourth year to be the head coach. Like I said, put up your shop next year. You still have a decent roster. You still have Nick Chubb. You have some guys. Get a, get a lead receiver. Get a nice, solid, you know, get a nice, solid corner. I mean, safety. You can be in the playoffs, too. You damn sure can be in the playoffs, too. And like I said, everybody in this division can make the playoffs. That's that's a good thing about this division. Anybody can make the playoffs. And that's going to be the case next year. But obviously this year was tough because they didn't, they lacked the quarterback like many teams. The quarterback made the dip, would make the difference. We'll see. But your thoughts on this division, the best division in the AFC. Yeah, well, yeah, this is a this is a really good division, really competitive, and um, when we talk next year and preview the season, uh, I mean the Bengals are the standout team, but by that point, there's a good chance we'll be able to make a case for any of these four teams to win the division. Um, 
We start with the Browns as the worst one this year. I mean, the reason Stefanski's getting a fourth year is pretty simple. He's going to have a full season with with uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, he, Watson was suspended for the first what eleven games this season. They hoped maybe if everything worked out perfectly that Jacoby Brissett could keep him in the playoff race until Watson came back, and then somehow Watson, being uh, almost two years removed from the league, would just come in and play at such a high level that they'd just go on a run and make the playoffs. I mean, it's a pretty unrealistic uh, hope, but that was what they were hoping for. That was the best they could hope for. Um, didn't work out that way. But now... They got a full off season to work with them, work them in the system, get some more talent around them, and um, their hope is going to be that Deshaun Watson goes back to being an elite quarterback like he was before all this scandal. And even though people hate him, he was a great quarterback before then. Um, we'll see. The Steelers. Like you said, Mike Tomlin, he is a great head coach, and the guy's never had a losing season. Once again, the Steelers made a, a run at the end of the year, got that nine and eight record. Um, how they how they go from here is going to be dependent on how their quarterback develops. Kenny Pickett is the guy that I do like. I just I did like him going to the draft. We talked. I gave you my preview way back in the end of October 2021, the quarterback position for that draft. And I was telling you then, Kenny Pickett, when I, the games I watched from him, he did look like a, a, a legit NFL quarterback. And um, he showed some flashes, but the Steelers need to improve this team. Their offensive line is horrible. It's horrible. They, they, may, they may as well just use the, their entire draft and just draft offensive linemen and hope they can actually put together a legitimate line, you know? They, they do need some help on defense, too. The defense isn't good. But at least they got receivers. They got a running back. They, they got a quarterback. That offensive line has got to be their number one um, priority this offseason. Then you get to the Ravens. Um, like you said, Lamar Jackson, what happens with him is going to be the key to what happens with this team. But I'm telling you, man, Lamar Jackson is a regular season quarterback. He's a guy that can get you a lot of uh, flashy plays, help you out, win you games in the regular season. He's not. He's, he's not a. He's not a playoff quarterback. Um, you've seen it already. Um, he's just there as Michael Vick, okay, and it's not going to change. I, I wouldn't give him the big money. I'd rather I'd, get, I'd rather get a haul of draft picks the way that the Texans got a haul of draft picks for Deshaun Watson, and they could get more for Lamar Jackson than the Texans got for Watson because Jackson doesn't have those off the field issues. I'd rather take all that, and uh, I'd rather bring in a guy like I don't know Jimmy G, something like that and try to build the team around that with a million draft picks than to give out 50-plus million a year to Lamar Jackson. 
I mean, come on, man. He's just he's 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 not he's not a he's not on the level of like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. He's not even on the level of uh, of uh, Jalen Hurts, like you said. You know, he, he's not there, and isn't ever going to be there at this point. He is what he is at this point in his career. He, he's uh, Michael Vick. He's not even Donovan. He's Donovan McNabb. You know, um, so yeah. If I were the Ravens, I would just say bye-bye, franchise them, take a haul of draft picks. But that's just me. Then you get to the Bengals, and uh, and they're obviously the best team in this division. They got the defense, like you said. They got the receivers. They got a running back, and they got Joe Burrow. They need to. They they went out last year and tried to improve the offensive line, and it was better than it was the year prior. But it was still bad, and they got to fix that offensive line one way or another. Um, beyond that, there's, there aren't many holes on this team. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, offensive line is key, man. Offensive line is key. That's why I, I I'll, we'll, we'll talk about this with the Chiefs, but I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'd rather be in Patrick Mahomes' situation with that offensive line plus uh, Travis Kelsey and a couple of solid receivers than be in a Joe Burrow situation with three great receivers and no offensive line, you know? I, and I'll, I'll talk about that when we talk about the Chiefs, but uh, the Bengals are obviously going to be one of the elite teams of the NFL for years to come. So we've reached our final division, the NFC, the AFC West, and what was supposed to be the best division in football, apparently to everybody, turned out to be overrated. And not the Chiefs. They're in the Super Bowl like the Eagles. Once again, the establishment of this AFC the last four or five years, Patrick Mahomes, the Rockets, who's been no worse than an AFC championship game at home as a starter. That's unbelievable. I've never that, – that's remarkable, basically. But, hey, he, hey, he deserves it. And this Chiefs team, you know, he wills them. And he wills them. And, you know, he, he did it on a bum ankle this year. You know, and, hey, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Could they bring home another championship? We'll see. We'll come Sunday. But, hey, they did what they had to do. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football, not even close. You know, the defense, Chris Jones had a solid year, even though they're not the best elite defense, as you would think, but still. They did what they had to do. They're in the, they're in the Super Bowl. What, what, who, who else would want to complain about that? The Chargers made the playoffs, but it's the same old song and dance. They underachieved when it mattered. They choked. Man, like like you call Washington the, the Skins, Kwame calls the Chiefs, I mean the Chargers, Los Angeles. I mean, uh, no, San Diego. Because they can't fix it. They can't rub their history away. And rightfully so. I mean, who the hell gives up a 27 nothing lead in this league and loses? Like, come on, man. In a playoff game on top of it. I mean, Justin Herbert might be the most disrespected quarterback in the league. Not because of his... Skill set because it's awesome. The team's not good enough. 
it's just it's, it's ridiculous. Defense doesn't get it done. I mean, but they fired the offensive staff, and they take Dallas as the offensive coordinator. Isn't the Chargers basically the Cowboys of the AFC? Basically, are it might be the same team in different divisions. I mean, a different conference. Basically, that's what the Chargers are. They're the Cowboys. They fail to live up to expectations year in and year out. Same deal. It's got different births. And, of course, you're in L.A. But, unfortunately, L.A. is not the greatest sports town. It's not like Dallas and all. There, there's no there's no front-running fans and excitement and Charger gear everywhere. You'd be lucky to find Charger gear here and on this side of the country. But it's a shame. I feel bad for Herbert. I just feel very bad. Gets disrespected every year as a as a quarterback in this league. They need to get they need to get it done. And the fact that they inspired a head coach is even more of a mystery. Somebody else's fault. And then we go to these two underachieving uh, even more underachieving the Raiders. Like I said, okay, Derek Carr is gone. The Derek Carr era is finished. You made that loud and clear. That doesn't mean this team is. That doesn't mean he's the reason this team struggled this year. There's a lot of reasons. Defensively, they're not that good. Head coach is not that good. I mean, Devontae Adams, he wasn't good for for the first eight or nine weeks. He he could he couldn't get past where it was until until he kind of realized it. I mean, what is this team? Are they really contenders? They blew four leads of 13 points. They lost four games with 13-point leads at one point. Is that coaching? Is that talent? What is it? To me, Josh Daniels has no business being a head coach. You wonder why I told you, I, I, when, when the Eagles were searching for a coach, I told you no Josh McDaniels. No, I don't want him. He sucks. <laughs> this is the reason. He's not a good – he's just not a good – He's just not good at, at at adjustment. And you saw what happened this year. Ridiculous. It was sad. Now you move on. You wanted Aaron Rodgers? Go get an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think I don't know if you get him or not. But to me, you gotta get somebody or this this thing is going to go back to what it was when Al Davis was here, still living. A joke of a franchise. And then Denver. Oh, my God. What can you say? You were absolutely right about Nate Hackett. He's a hack. He couldn't. He's not a head coach. He sucked at it. Hell, I think the owner, the ownership, would, when they saw him and he left the room, like, this son of a bitch. Hell no. <laughs> Russell Wilson, man, I just feel terrible, man. This guy, I didn't think he had an ego. I thought this guy was a classy guy. But somehow his ego got the worst of him this year, and he played like crap. Now Denver is way over the cap, and they don't have any draft picks, and now you somehow bring in Sean Payton. Now, look, Sean Payton, he's, he's, he's one of the best coaches we know. He's done a great job. Why would you choose this job? We'll see. 
because right now this Denver team they got so much, so many holes, and they gotta get going. Like I said, they, 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 they obviously defensively they were really good, and that's a sad thing. They had a great defense, but their offense was so putrid it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. So, like I said, your your thoughts on 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 this on this underachieving division. Okay, well, um, starting with the Broncos, yeah. Nate Hackett proved to be everything I thought he was. He's nothing. He's a he's a he's not even a good offensive coordinator, let alone a good head coach. I've said that the whole the whole time. He's a he's a he's a fraud and he's been exposed. Um so we'll see. I mean you know, you're not sure what why Sean Payne would come here. Maybe he thinks. I would say he thinks that uh, this team is closer than their record shows. And I said it last. I said it not last year, the year before, back in uh, the summer of uh, 2021, that if this team had a quarterback, they would be one of my favorites for the Super Bowl. And then last year when we talked, I said, hey, they got a quarterback, or seemingly at the time had a quarterback, but they brought in Nate Hackett. And that was going to be their downfall. Um, So maybe now they seemingly have a quarterback, if you still believe in Russell Wilson. Um, And now they have a a coach (laughs) in Sean Payton, who who can get the most out of his quarterback. So this could be a situation where maybe everything finally comes together for them. We'll see. With that, um, the Raiders are a team that's really in disarray, if you ask me. Like you said, McDaniels is a fraud. The guy needs to be, the guy's lucky he's, be, he's still a head coach in this league. He should be canned and sitting back in uh, uh, Belichick's staff by now, but the Raiders are getting them another year. They may as well. They paid him so much money to come there. I mean, just firing him now and paying him to go away wouldn't make much sense. So, you know, I think he was the, he's the main reason for this team's uh, downfall. Their car is not the blame for this offense. This is McDermott. Or uh, McDaniel, um, and yeah, yeah, the guy's a fraud. That's that's really all I can say about him. He's a fraud. Um, and the only other thing I'll say about the Raiders is, for everybody that says that uh, John Gruden is a, a was a fraud as a head coach himself, I mean, this team was a lot better under John Gruden than he is under McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sadly I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't even like Gruden. Yeah, nobody does. But okay. but yeah. Gruden, he's proven to be a decent coach at in times in his career. Josh McDaniels has done jack shit well, in three full seasons. The way I'd say this is Gruden's proven to be a good coach. He's not a good court, uh, talent evaluator, but he's a good coach, and he can get the most out of his players. But you let him run the team, and he'll run it in the ground, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, 
So that is what it is. But yeah, um, McDaniels is a fraud. Then you get to the Chargers. Dude, it doesn't matter with this team. You, you said they're, you kind of compared them there to the Cowboys of the AFC. That's true. But, I mean, they're, I don't know, they're even more disappointing forever. Uh, Phillip Rivers, now you're into Justin Herbert. It's the same story. No matter who you have at quarterback, no matter who, you, who your coach is, it's the same story with this team. They consistently lose close games. They consistently underachieve. Um, once in a while, they sneak in the playoffs. Lose early. Um, they got way more talent than their record indicates every season. They're just, they're just overrated. They're just frauds. Um, and they just underachieve every year. And it doesn't matter, you know, the, 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 the coaching carousel. The quarterbacks change, everything changes, but the one thing that stays the same is that the, the Chargers underachieve. And at this point, I won't be picking them to make any deep playoff runs at the beginning of the year until they show me something. And, uh, you know, you can say you're sorry for Herbert, but hey, he hasn't shown me a whole lot in big games yet. So. Um, then you get the Chiefs, and you know what? I mean, everybody can. You, the obvious thing is just to be, oh yeah, the Chiefs are the best. They're, they're the best team in the conference right this year. They obviously beat the Bengals. They're easily the best team in the division um, going forward. You're talking about the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills. If the Bills can, you know, shore up a couple holes as the top three contenders. Um, but one thing that I didn't get a chance to talk about going into the AFC Championship game that kind of annoys me is, uh, and I just mentioned it when we talked about the Bengals briefly, is um, there was some line, there was this line going around, you know, I've, I've talked about already how annoyed I, I'm starting to get with everybody uh, sweating Mahomes like he's, he's a god, you know. Like, the guy throws a, a, a shovel pass, and the announcer's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest play I ever saw. I can't believe what I just saw. You know? Like, come on, man. It's, it's, it's a play that's been around forever. <laughs> you know, he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's, him and Burrow are the, uh, the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. But, uh, like, this, this um, need to make him every single pass he throws seem like it's like godly is is it's 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 annoying and uh, a line that was going around before the Bengals game was like oh if Mahomes had a if Mahomes had a Jamar Chase and T Higgins at receiver just imagine what he would do instead of Burrow it's like yeah okay well you know what did you ever think that maybe the Chiefs invest their money in the offensive line as opposed to receivers. I mean, you can't just say, oh, yeah, let's take those receivers and put them on the Chiefs. Yeah, great. Let's take the Chiefs' offensive line and put them on the Bengals, and let's see what Burrow does with that offensive line, if you want to put it that way. You know? I get, you know, you, you take uh, 
take the real way to say it is take Mahomes, put him on the Bengals. Take Burrow, put him on the Chiefs. I got a feeling both of them would come out pretty well. But I, like I said, I'd much rather have the Mahomes situation with an offensive line that's borderline elite every year, and with a elite tight end in Kelsey. And you know, up until this year, he had Tyree Kill at receiver. And by the way, these receivers, they're banged up going into the Super Bowl, but he has some talent at their receiver, too. It's not like he's, he's throwing to the ball to uh, James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. <laughs> no? So, you know, this, this, this whole thing that he's got no talent at receiver, that's BS. And by the way, he also has a top-of-the-line offensive line. So, bottom line. This is the Chiefs were the best team in the AFC this year. The Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are going to be one of the top Super Bowl contenders every year going forward for at least as long as Andy Reid's the head coach. We'll see what happens once they leave, but uh, we got at least another five years probably of the Chiefs being one of the top teams in the AFC. So. Um, that, but yeah, that just bothers me with the whole that whole line that oh my God, Mahomes. Imagine what he would do with those receivers from the Bengals. And it's like yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have the same line that he has now. He he wouldn't have time to throw. He wouldn't have ten seconds to throw the ball. Now he'd still put up big numbers, but uh, Burrow probably would, would put up huge numbers too if he was on the Chiefs and if he had Andy Reid as his coach. So yeah. Yeah, give me a break with that nonsense. Yeah. Well, like I said, I know it took longer than usual, but like I said, it's kind of like our preview. You know, we give it two, but we put it all in one show, so it is what it is. But that's all we have for this episode. Obviously, we looked at all 32 teams and their strengths and their weaknesses. And obviously, they both Everybody has them, and we'll see what they do in the offseason. Join us tomorrow for our Tale of the Tape, Super Bowl edition, as the Eagles and the Chiefs go to war for the Lombardi Trophy Sunday night. So, and Kwame will be on that episode. So, if you're wondering where Kwame is at, we'll be back tomorrow night. Tale of the Tape, tomorrow night. <laughs> And a Tom Brady tribute show. We hope it's a Tom Brady tribute show and not another group. We'll see. Have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, bro.